You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Welcome to Creatives Making Money. I have two very special guests with me today, Regis and Joelle Arzu. Uh, These two grew up in a rough neighborhood in the projects in South Bronx, where the mindset of most was to dream big is to dream foolishly. Well, they've debunked that way of thinking. It's been roughly 10 years since they left New York. Regis works in finance and lives in Colorado, where he just purchased his third home. And Joelle is a creative at a large advertising firm in Chicago. Both are entrepreneurs and have been working together on Paints Progression, which is a podcast to teach minorities how to control money so it doesn't control them. Hi, guys. Welcome. Happy, happy to be uh, invited to the podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so thank you. I don't know. It is humbling. I don't know. It's, it's, so in one of my podcasts, we're just openly talking here, right? Yeah, go for it. Let's just my- dive right in. <laughs> Why not? In one of my episodes, I kind of um, self-diagnose myself with, uh, well, self-diagnose, um, with survivor's guilt as far as like, well, okay, I made it out. Um, why? Like, why? what makes me so special? I don't feel special. I don't feel like I should have this knowledge. Like, this should be spread out throughout, you know, more people in my own bringing, my family, my mother. And um, <clears throat> so, I don't know, when I hear kind of like, oh, wow, all these accolades, I'm like, I uh, start getting all shy and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. There's still a lot more to do. Yeah, there's always like new levels of mindset to. to... <laughs> oh, I did that. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we're excited you're here too. I feel like you started talking. <laughs> no one let you speak. Let me talk, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, it's so it's so true. I think about um, you know, just when you reading the 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 bio <laughs> that we wrote for you to read. <laughs> I, I think about I think about um how in the South Bronx, basically every every morning going into Manhattan, going into like to, to our high school or, or college, every trip from like, growing up was from the Bronx over to Manhattan. But anyway, I remember at one point, just memory that comes to mind is of my uh, aunt who she works at, or she worked uh, back then as a, a housekeeper. So we're, we're first generation uh, Americans, families from Honduras, 
and we a lot of them had to kind of do those type of jobs in order to support us and and make sure that uh, we focus on studying and going to school and just knowing that they knew the importance of, of of that in order for us to kind of build what we what, we, what we've built so i think of that i'm on the bus i see my aunt walking over or uh, walking across the street and i know where she's going she's going to to clean someone's house and and i the thought was man how do i get her out of that you know like in order to get her out of that i just need to be on my grind so i know i know i'm like that i know regis is like that as well which is why we're you know we're we're at where we're at i, I believe we just know that we're not done yet because you know my my mom still lives in the same apartment in the Bronx, so we want to get them out of there, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and for me, I mean, just echoing exactly kind of what Joel is saying is, <clears throat> I think about this uh, line that Jay Z says in the Black Album, which was, well, um, it, and the the line was, "I got rich and then gave back." To me, that's a win win. Um, it's really hard for me to help when I have nothing. So for me, it was just like, let me just keep going on my grind. Let me, let me be an example. Let me just keep doing everything I can. And then when I get to that point where I can give, then I will give. And I think financially I, I can still do more, but I have this knowledge that I can give. So let me give. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you think has changed the most in terms of like what you believed was possible, you know, growing up in the South Bronx versus, you know, where you are now and, and everything that you've accomplished and been through? What I believe, I think, so it's interesting. So I think the, the, the difference between me and uh, Joel and I and other people is that <clears throat> when we saw all these greats and and when i say greats i think of um steve jobs i think of um who else obama i think of i mean oprah <clears throat> i think most people think of them as like these stars that you can't reach in a, a weird i guess naive way i always found them as people that i can um like i'm just like them like what is it that they do that i can't do you know like a lot of them were born poor so <clears throat> okay I just got to work as hard. I got to do this. And they've had opportunities. Let me take advantage of all my opportunities. So I never personally saw them as something that I could never attain. It was just, okay, I can attain it. It's just a matter of filling in that gap to get to that point. So by all means, I'm no Steve Jobs and no Oprah just yet. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, we're just, we're just filling in that gap right now. Um, but one day, one day, one day. Yeah, I mean, I think of even in, in my case now where I, I work at an advertising agency where I'm constantly coming up with ideas uh, for companies that are already making millions of dollars. So literally coming up with million dollar ideas, right, um, to build to their already existing millions. So that, so to see that and know, like, that we can kind of refocus that and put that thinking on ourselves and make millions for ourselves. I think that's kind of sort of what separates yeah. thinking growing up versus like the, you know, our, our kind of friends and, and family who are still living in the Bronx. I feel like they don't see 
that way. They just accept what's around them versus feeling like, okay, like how can I challenge myself? Cause I feel like that's what we do too. We're like, one, we set goals. We're like, okay, let me get out of here. Number one, how do I get out of the hood? <laughs> and I need to do X, Y, Z. So once you do that, what's the next step, you know? And it's, and I think we're always, we're constantly setting ourselves, like putting goals in front of us to reach. Um, and I think that's important because once you start getting comfortable, um, I, I personally get scared of comfortable. Because <clears throat> And it's like, I'm not growing, you know? So to specifically answer your question, or to clearly answer your question, I never thought there was anything that we could not do. Um, a lot of it was a dream, and it's still a dream, but dreams that we're working on making reality. So I think that. Yeah, I get that. What I love about the two of you, um, like this is, I particularly love this, is that Regis, you're in finance and Joelle, you're a creative professional. Um, and that's how Joelle and I know each other actually from the arts. <laughs> and so I'm curious to hear, like, because you are focused professionally in those, in those different areas, is there, like, are there little, are there money mindset or like financial strategy approaches where you guys differ that you found? Well, I can say that I, I've learned to, like, I have to trust uh, on uh, Regis on anything when it comes to money, honestly. You know, that's just his, his expertise. Um, I'm a very, I like to believe I'm a very logical person, so I'm not going to try to uh, say that I'm the expert in it. You know, every, any question I have, I'm always like, yo, Regis, this is what I'm thinking. It seems like a good idea. What do you think? And he's like, that's a terrible idea. This is what you need to be doing. So, and it makes sense to me once he breaks it down, he, obviously that's what he does for a living. So he says, this is why it's a bad idea. This is a bad idea and this is why. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I'm, I learned that way. So uh, even in our podcast, as we kind of do it each episode, uh, I'm more responsible for, you know, the, the social media parts and the designing, the different posts. Uh, but as I listen to the episodes, like I'm, I'm learning too every day. And I'm like, yeah, I remember you said this the other day, you know, it's funny because that's how it is, right? The per people closest to you, they, you need someone else to say it sometimes in order for you to be like, yo, you know who this person told me? This is, this is cool. Like we should talk about this. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this forever. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and and to, to elaborate on, on specific differences. So I'm a more long-term planner Joel is a more like immediate like gratification and, and, and not really immediate, but he likes things faster. So for an, a good example is, actually I actually have two examples with Joel, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Um, so there was um, this, so Joel wanted to get a car, a nice car, and he was thinking about leasing it. And I said, Joel, don't lease, don't, don't lease, like buy it, finance it and own it. You know, and he's, and, but the leasing is cheaper for uh, uh, immediate kind of um, gratification. Like, Go, joy exactly so then he so he ended up getting it and then when his lease was up he was just like over it and he's like man i'm giving this up i don't want this, this is a lot of money for no reason i'm like man i think somebody told you not to lease it he's like who me what, what do you mean who like you know so um and then there was another example of like um and this one he took more of my advice but it's uh there's a difference between investing and um i'm going blank on my word um what is the one that you got into, Joel, that you wanted to do? Um, what, trading? 
Oh. Trading, yes. There's a difference between investing and trading. Um, trading is more an immediate, like, I want to buy the stock now. I want to sell it now. I want to buy it now. And you make money. It's, it's, a, it's a gamble. It's literally gambling. Um, and, and investing is, I want to buy this Apple stock, and I want to just hold on to it for 10 years. I'm more of an investor. Joel wants to, like, you know, get that immediate stuff. So I told him, like, don't, don't do that. Like, hey, that's, hey I want to play. Let me play. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I, I got to. So he tried it for a while and he didn't lose much, but then he realized like um, he started reading other books and, and everything was saying, well, invest and hold on long term. And I'm like, well, uh, someone said that before, but <laughs> what else? Um, yes, yeah, so, so what else? <laughs> <laughs> someone said that and someone wasn't listening. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, yeah, so um, no, but, but I, we do definitely lean on each other for our expertise because with the podcast, I'm more of the knowledge and the information. Um, if you ask me how to like, like initially put the whole podcast together, Joel can think that through. Or um, like when it comes to like the social media, when it comes to the strategizing on how to really promote ourselves and, and even to, to push me, like <clears throat> I was very hesitant in putting the podcast and Joel was like, um, do it. Like you have the information. I'm like, what if it's not perfect? And it's like course correct. So what? Like you'll have one or two bad or three yeah, bad. After what I say done is better than perfect. I read yeah. that too. And it's so true, man. You know, a lot of times we, we, we hesitate. We shoot ourselves in the foot by just stopping and we think ahead and we're like, man, if I would have done this, I would have been already a hundred episodes in versus like that hesitation yep. just stopping, you know? Um, so that's how I try to think about it too. And whenever I mention it to Regis, it's like, you do it and then you look back and you listen to episode one and now episode whatever, 30, and you see the improvement, you know? And that's yeah. what happens. Like, to, like you said, we course correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely more like Joelle. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about creative people, but I think we know what it says about creative people. <laughs> so once again, sometimes that's a good thing because uh, like, because I think long term, I feel like I have longer time to plan. So I overthink and I think th things through and it's like, no, just go do it. I'm like, all right, let me just go do it. You know, and I, and I took his advice and that's where the podcast started. Yeah. The capacity for risk taking is, is different and yeah. different, you know, like the, the yeah. one who's like, I want to gamble. I'm totally okay if I fall on my face. <laughs> exactly. but I yeah. Just action. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so what are so in your opinion this is this is really a Regis question I'm like okay great finance brains of the, the operation um what really are in your opinion you know the big the, what are the gaps in terms of financial literacy that you think exists you know for minorities um since that is I mean that's really who you're speaking to and that's the purpose of your podcast and being to progression because the first thing that comes to mind for me personally is like uh, having people speaking on financial literacy that look like <laughs> look like the audience who wants to get the advice and like it's just not mm -hmm. it's not another old white guy talking about finance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's a definite number one. Um, but what what other gaps do you see that you think you know this community needs? So <clears throat> that's a that's a very loaded question, and I can take an hour to answer that in itself. But I'll try, to, <laughs> I'll try to consolidate my thoughts. Um, okay, let me, let me, so my wife is white, right? And what we, we, when we kind of met, we started talking about 
just our upbringings. And she has a completely different upbringing in life than I did. And our, like, we, we actually call them worlds. My world is completely different from her world. Um, a small example is that um, for her, she was always going to go to college. That was, that was it. Like she, and, and not even an associate's. Getting a bachelor's degree consists of college. If, if you say you made it in school, like that, like you ha- you, that means you got a bachelor's degree. Now, my world is high school. And <clears throat> if you made it, you passed high school. If you didn't, there was a huge, a whole bunch of us that just like dropped out. Um, so that in itself can trickle down to bigger things in the sense of like a bachelor's degree has bigger opportunities. And for us, like, um, you know, even associates, like Joel got his associates, if you don't mind me saying Joel, and I thought he made it. I'm like, man, you're like, whoa, like, because that's just how our mindset was, you know? Um, but, but so that's an example of the different worlds. And there's so much in the different examples um, in the worlds. Um, and, but then I'll, I'll go down to more specifics. So I've taught classes to, um, to groups, uh, specifically minority groups. And I've always, the, the two rules that I make sure that I tell them before I leave the, the class is these two main rules. And, and that's because I need them to know this because this will help them. Um, the first one is um, you never know how important credit is until you destroy it. In our world, that is a very common thing because no one, I didn't grow up knowing what credit was. My wife's world, they knew what it is. They know they know what a number, I didn't even know what 800 was. I like, okay, like, you know, so that is extremely important because that becomes a lot. And also within our, within life now, and I can give you a whole kind of breakdown of it, but credit has become the definition of a person. So for example, I work in the banking field. Before you get hired in the bank, we look at your credit. So previously, it used to be used as a um, as a, a something to determine their financial history. But now, we're, credit is used to define a person. So if you have horrible credit, whoa, you might, you know, quote unquote, steal from the bank. But if you have great credit, then okay, we trust you in this company. <clears throat> so that's the first rule. And once again, I can go on 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 of that one. But the second one is um, that I make sure I tell everyone is that rich people look poor, poor people look rich. Once again, in our world, we are programmed to believe um, that if the guy has, um, a, a, what's a good example? What's a fancy car to I don't drive fancy cars. Um, <laughs> Gene, uh, Ford, Audi, Porsche, you know. Uh, exactly. So if, if a guy is driving that and he has name brand clothes and he has name brand hats, then this guy clearly looks like wealthy. So in my mind, in our minds, we look at someone wealthy. Now, and this is, I'm t- this is just me as an example, but then this also goes on to the Steve Jobs and, and uh, Mike Zuckerberg. Like, I have a 2002 Honda Accord. That's why I don't know what fancy cars are, because I don't have one. Um, and then I also, like, I, I got a shirt that I got from, you know, some other place that I, I probably um, bought it as a thrift store somewhere. Um, and my jeans are not name brand. So when someone looks at me in comparison to that other person, they're like, that person is poor, that person is rich. And by all means, I'm not rich. But what I wanna say is that what, what people don't know or people in our upbringing don't know is that that person has a loan on his car. He owes, um, let's say $30,000 on that car. On my 2002 Honda Accord, I don't owe anything. 
So just on the car, he is in the negative and I am in the positive. So I have more money than him. But that's just a car. Now let's look at the clothes. Once again, he is spending more money on a $30,000 clothes. And this also goes to women when it comes to purses and it comes to all this extra stuff, like um, the shoes, the red bottoms, whatever it is. Um, that They're spending all that money on that when I can technically buy it too, but I'm putting it in the bank. So if they're putting it on, on material and I'm putting it in the bank, once again, who is wealthier? The person that looks poor. The person that looks rich is actually not as rich. So then that goes, um, and, and just to, in comparison to the Steve Jobs and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, like Google any image from them, regular t-shirt, no name brand jeans, and <clears throat> they have just the regular stuff. Like they look poor. So once again, rich people look poor, poor people look rich. And that's something I really want to aim to people in our community because that's another misconception that we've been, um, I guess, programmed to believe. Well, another interesting thing, just to add to the uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the Steve Jobs and them wearing the same outfits, it, the funny thing is, uh, psychologically, there's a reason for them doing that. In that you, in the, in the day, we make so many choices where if we take out, by the end of the day, you kind of almost spent, you know, you, you just have spent so much energy with all the important choices you have to make in life. So to eliminate one, um, which is what, you, what you're gonna wear, you're already refocusing that energy or at least having that last longer, you know, on kind of more important issues. And that's, that's uh, that I thought was an interesting kind of science to why those millionaires, if not billionaires, wear the same outfits to make smarter decisions on, on other or more important things. Yeah. And just, just, sorry, just to elaborate on that just a little more, just to um, <clears throat> connect it to finance, like, and just and to go to your question. So you have someone that like from our group, they spend their time trying to pick the right clothes, the right matching, spending money on all this. And then you have someone like Steve Jobs who doesn't care about the clothes and all his time is spent on building a business, making money, progress, changing the world. Like that in itself is the answer to your question and the difference in our, our mindsets and what we can do to, to, and our differences in our world, I guess, to elaborate. Yeah, and I think you te I think you do. We try to teach it in a way on the podcast where you can still have what you want, just budget for it, yeah. just be smart about it, right? Don't purposely put yourself in the negative um, before you even, you know, budget. That's what I learned from you. You know, it's like, write it on paper. How much do you have? And if you want those, you know, Yeezys or whatever it is, have the money first. That's it, yeah. I feel like there's a whole other rant you want to go on about this that you're like pausing yourself on and I want to invite you to go on it. <laughs> Joel or me? You. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, I, can't, I can't. I can just, because, because that, that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Like to, to introduce this world to the world that didn't have it, you know, because in the two worlds, you have the what, have and have nots. And, you know, and, and I feel like we, be, we came, became the have nots, you know, and, and, and I say we because, I mean, I, I do feel like I've, I've done a lot in my life, but I, I am still part of this world. This is where I grew up. This is where I feel comfortable. This is my people. So um, how do we make those have nots haves and just get them to this world. And, and so all those things in that question and that loaded question in my mind is, is what 
can make these have-nots have. And if they just understand these concepts and the states of mind, and it's like, well, you're right, Joel. Like Joel said, like, you can have the red bottoms, but just budget for it, you know? Like, um, or for example, like, you can have an iPhone, like, but do you need the iPhone 12 the same day it comes out? Like, I have an iPhone 11, no, I have an iPhone 7, excuse me. Um, so I am way behind, but who cares? Like, you know, <laughs> I still have iMessage. So I don't know, but all this to say is like, it, it, the whole concept, I have this thing called Mindset Mondays. And every Monday, I just, it's, it's, it's based on having that financial state of mind to reach that success. Because money is not, um, success and money is not, is not just, well, correction, success in money is not just based on how much money you have in the bank. Success financially is that mindset and understanding the other, other world. Because at the end of the day, my house can burn down today my car can burn down today the question is do i have the mindset to get this all over again yes i hands down if i lost all of this today i will get it again within the next two to three years because i have that mindset so sorry you're right i, I could go on this for a while but i will you're that this is all this is the regions and joelle show so like please <laughs> no, no. joel has stuff to say too so oh no <laughs> No, and uh, I think uh, again, I learn from Regis, you know, every day, and and a lot of what he's saying, I'm I'm always like, yeah, amen to that too, <laughs> you know. But like needs versus wants is what he always hammers too, and I feel like um, we know with our community, a lot of it is very, keeping it very simple and and repetitive because they just need to. You're gonna forget because the flashy thing is always in front of you, right? So need versus want. Need versus want. Do you need this or do you want this? And what effect is it gonna have in your bank account? You know? Um, yeah. I, I think I, I'm always uh, interested in how how do we? And, and this is might sound bad, but like how do we hack the mind in our community so they do think like the world that we want them to think? You know, because they, they have a different, that's why we call it Mindset Monday, right? Because it is at its core, it's the way you think. And it's hard, it's hard to change the way they think because it's so easy to get excited about what's in front of you, the flashy thing, the car, the money, the whatever, right? Because you get it instantly, instant gratification. But the real success is long-term. It's not gonna, it's gonna take five years, it's gonna take 10 years. And that sounds uncool to our community. And, and another thing I want to, um, I guess, mention is that it's not just, <clears throat> these are the things you, you can do. These are the things as a community, our world, like, this is it's not just, well, this is what you need to do. We don't want to ignore the obstacles as a group that we have to go through just to get out of that mindset. So a perfect example is, um, <clears throat> like, for, for, let's just say majority, that's not necessarily white, white or black. It's like the majority, they know money. They know probably someone that has houses. They know someone that owns a house. They know someone that, um, that is rich. Like, so it's, it's easier to dream and believe in something that you know and see and that seems tangible to you. Now, our upbringing, like we didn't know people that owned homes. That wasn't a thing for us. We didn't even, I didn't even know the process of owning a home. Like, so that, that, I didn't even know who to talk to about it. I had to learn, learn from the beginning to do that when this world is just, this is what they do. Um, but so, so now, so for our group, we have to dream to get out 
to make that reality. And our dreams are certain things that is just an every day for the majority. So that's an obstacle because it's, 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 it's hard to dream and see your environment and then say, well, okay, I can get out of this because it's not like my cousins, my cousins, cousins, they're like they're low, they're all those generations. This is all we knew. This is all we know. So it's an obstacle that we have to find a way to overcome. Not to mention, once again, because our group believes, um, you know, the rich people, the, the people that look rich are rich, then that's what we try to implement. Like come income tax time, the first thing we start thinking is like, well, how can I feel wealthy? Because my life has just been poverty. So let me buy all of this stuff. Let me buy clothes. Let me buy this. Like, because we don't have it. And I, I understand it. I get it. Um, so that's what I want to talk. That's what I tend to talk to as far as on my podcast as well, that it's not just this is what you need to do. It's like, these are the obstacles as a community that we have to um, endure and overcome. And like, let's talk it through, you know, like there's no blame. I get it. You know, red bottoms make someone feel good. A brand new car makes someone feels good. I get it. What makes better is a brand new house. Like, like, but we never thought that far. So I don't know. So, I mean, we don't want to ignore the obstacle. Yeah, to add to what Regis is saying, um, so our community, people listening to the podcast, feels more like the the pro- progress or the dream is it can be real. We have on Fridays uh, people we interview mm-hmm. within our like who, who look like us who have their their journey, their pain to progression story. So they've already progressed. They have their however way that looks like for them, but like their mindset is there, right? They have a home or their second home or whatever, and they've made it quote unquote, you know, out of the hood, let's say, right? So to hear their story on Fridays, uh, we feel like it just, again, makes it more uh, believable and real to people who think like, oh, so there's more than just like what I see around me in, in, in the Bronx or wherever, you know, in the inner city you are, where you think that's all there is for you. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a loaded question. I was like, all right, ask away. So, you know, you talk about you and your wife in the different worlds. And so I just want to clarify when you, now when you were using the word, the word world, like exactly what you're talking about. And when you talk about like, I was teaching this to, you know, a group of minorities, I'm curious, like what the ethnic makeup of that class was for you? Like, if you have a recall or want to share. Oh, no, it, it's um, majority Blacks and Hispanics, Mexicans. Um, it wasn't here in Colorado, but I also did in um, New York as well. But um, it, it's a lot of minorities. Like, there's just Spanish-speaking people that their parents are immigrants or only speak Spanish. So the parents are just learning how to survive in America. So those parents are, like, unfortunately, the last thing is to teach them about finance. You know, like, they're just trying to work. So that's the group that I'm trying to, to talk to um, or have spoken to and, and want to make sure that they understand this. So does that answer your question? It does. And I appreciate you for clarifying. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like, when you talk about sort of navigating that in your marriage and those two worlds sort of colliding, were there any other huge discrepancies you noticed or things that like in the beginning, you're like, we have to sort of have this conversation and come to the table, like 
on the same page, right? Because that's like, I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. But you know, it's fine. I think it's a fair question. So um, I'm trying to see how, once again, this is another load of questions. Um, so a good example of it is, so, okay, let me, let's tell, tell, me, tell me, I'll tell you a little bit about our upbringings and then you can just see. Yeah, because you, 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 you're talking about, you know, not, not having it be normalized that you mm-hmm. like, you're putting away money to buy a house and like, that's just a thing you do. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's the financial strategy that we would suggest you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I'm hearing is that like, that's part of it is that like, that's really normalized, you know, in for, I guess, a lot of white households, you know, mm-hmm. or like I would say middle-class white households, I guess it's normalized. Right. Um, yeah. That's like a normal level of financial education or it's something that like, depending on, you know, what generation your family was coming, you know, in the U.S., that that's just like sort of a, it's, it's a baseline for financial education that is like culturally. And again, this is like, I'm going to say, that's what I would say coming from my background, but I'm not speaking on behalf of all white people when I say that (laughs) or white people by any stretch, Mm -hmm. but that's what I'm hearing and what we're talking about. So I just want to get clear on like, I think that's what we're talking about, but like what else comes up around that? <laughs> I mean, I, what's, what is a good, um, are you talking about finance specifically or just in general? Like, I'm talking about we- like financial strategy. And even when mm-hmm. you think about, you know, because I feel like there's this sort of this, what I'm hearing from you is like the step one is I would rather tell this community, like, don't spend your tax, like if you get a tax refund, like don't spend it on fancy things, like put it away so you can invest in something else that's going to be better for like your family, your future mm-hmm. and have more longevity for you and actually help you build wealth. Right. And I feel like that to me sounds like your simple step one, if they can just like shift their habits and their mindset to, to do something like that, or for, it might be a different choice depending on what they want to create. Right. Yeah. And then I feel like there's, to me, there's other levels of that where it's like, there's the interpersonal level and like the other like attitudes around money. So it's like, for example, this is an example, like you and Joel have, you know, he's more uh, like, you're more risk averse than he is. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, and so I'm curious, like if that's a conversation that shows up in terms of advice that you're giving on your podcast and also, um, yeah, I get. I guess I'm just like I'm just curious about everything you teach and like advise people on. And so for so what I'm thinking about is like, okay, cool. This is sort of the baseline advice. And then like, like, do you talk about investing? You know, and the idea of like trading versus buying stocks, and like and get a house. But then like stocks is another aspect of that. And is there education that you feel is sort of on some level representative? of a larger conversation culturally that had that shows up in like how, how you navigate that in your marriage. Does that make sense? It, <laughs> it, the, one, the one thing that Regis uh, gave me as, as advice um, that is more tailored to like just my personality. And, you know, I'm more like, I'm, I want to have it, you know, I want to get excited about how I invest my money. Right. So, all right, Joel, this is the smart, this is how I recommend you do it. 
right? Like you said, baseline, this is five to 10 years thinking, um, diversify your money, uh, your, where you have your money at, you, through whatever app, this app you're using, great. Now, if you're going to trade, expect, uh, see that money as money lost, but budget for that. If you're gonna have fun with it, go ahead. You may make money, you may lose money, I think you're most likely gonna lose it, but hopefully you make it, but just see it as money lost, you know, you're playing with that. So as long, and I, I think that's great advice for me specifically, right? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Now I think twice about, okay, can I afford to lose this, you know, this money that I'm about to have fun with? Sure, so then I go to town, you know, but if I can't, then I'll just wait until like the next paycheck, you know, I'll budget for, for fun, you know, in, in, the, in the investment uh, area. So I think that, I think we try to do, and I'll let Regis kind of speak to it specifically, mm -hmm. but I think we do try to keep that in mind of going back to what I said about just the way we, we understand how our community thinks and they can get real bored quickly about how we talk about being smart about your money. So we want to be realistic and say, hey, you can still have fun um, or think about that goal, right? If your goal is to buy a house already, we try to get them excited about the bigger picture then you can get there. Here are the steps, you know, and, and each episode, I think, tries to be a little, keep that in mind, you know, where it's just not the same thing you hear um, from like an old, because I don't think that's what we want to be. We don't want to be like that, that, uh, that professor in your class, you know, the retired, the old one who's just like trying to school him like, young blood, you need to be doing this. I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> You know, we want to be cool with them, what we're talking about. It's good information, but we, we still, we, we want to be cool too. Yeah. And, and something I was also thinking about is, um, I, I, do, I do try to talk about stock. I do, try, I, do, I do talk about it, not even try. I do talk about stock. I do, um, and the differences in our world, there are differences in, in, there are levels of finance and differences in our world. So one of the things that, um, I don't talk about as much that I, so there's an also there's, um, I have a Q and A Wednesdays, which I take questions from anyone that sends me questions and then I answer them. And those are more broad. So those can get levels of questions um, where someone recently asked, um, what is the, the Apple four, four to one split? What does that mean? So people do get curious. So I do answer those questions, but um, to kind of go into your, your question about like different worlds um, in the, I guess, majority, something I would, talk about more often or often if I was targeting that group, I, I would talk more about retirement. I would talk more about um, benefits of taxes um, and how you can put money on certain places to, to save on taxes. But for our, our group, um, our world, um, I don't talk about retirement as much, which I should and I will. Um, but to, to be blunt and honest, like, we are as much as we want to say we are promised tomorrow like look at the media now like you know we we this is our world we see this all the time like it's just getting shine now but um the the floyds of our lives like it happens so sometimes i feel like a hypocrite saying hey like save up to retirement because other people is like well you know i'm I'm not gonna live that long, you know? So, um, and I actually did this myself where I looked up the average age of a, um, a black person and then the average um, um, death age, or when they die, excuse me. The, the average age of when a black person dies, the average age of when a white person dies, and white person lives a lot longer. So 
just on the, the level of mortality um, and just connecting that to finance, talking about retirement, it just, it just doesn't, I, I can completely understand why minorities want that instant gratification more. It makes sense, you know? So um, to add to what Joel is saying, that's why I definitely don't judge. I get it, um, <laughs> to get more into the world. And, and I don't know if this is a, a world kind of thing, but um, I do help people try to create budgets. Um, so I, 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 I've helped um, people, like people, once again, in my world or, or minorities as a group, as a whole, because um, it's not just Blacks, it is, it is Hispanics, it's Dominicans, it's uh, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're, it's just minorities as a whole. Um, I was helping some of them make a budget, and I realized that quite a few people feel like they need um, to be, well, this is transparent, right? Weed or alcohol in their budget. Like, their life is stressful. I take on a lot, you know? Um, would I budget for it? I probably won't. But if this is what that person needs, who am I to judge, you know? <laughs> so then I'm like, as long as we can figure it out on your finances and this is what you need, then, you know, okay, we'll just take that away from, you know, um, whatever other expense you have and just budget for it. As long as you're also saving, then we can create that, you know? Um, for this other world, this is just a part of their life. Like, <laughs> they drink all the time. You have to have wine in their the office. So um, there's just different things. Um, I do want to um, explain where my passion kind of kicked in or when. I think that line, I, I, I know when that like, passion kicked in. And it's, I don't know exactly when, but so I've been in the banking world for a very long time. Um, I, I was every position in a branch. I was a teller. I was a, um, a manager. I, I was assistant manager. I was a rep. I was a financial advisor. I did all of the above. And being in the banks, I helped a lot of the majority. I, I, all the time. I helped them buy homes. I helped them make money. I helped them build their credit. I, I did, it was just nonstop. Like minorities as a whole don't go to the banker and say, well, I want to find a way to, um, you know, where can I get more interest on my money? Like they go and open an account, they close their account, and they leave. And like that's for the most part, or open their kids' account because the kids want to save, and that's pretty much it. So after a while, I was like, man, I spent all my time helping people, the majority, get more rich, which is fine. I love helping people in general. I don't, I don't mind. And, and my, um, so if anyone that comes and asks me any questions, I will help them. Um, but I'm just like, well, where am I stopping to give to my people, the people that I like, that I can relate to, the people, the way I grew up. I want, I want, like, once again, it goes back to the survivor's guilt. Like, um, how do I get, like, I don't want to just be the only one. I don't feel like I just deserve this. I don't feel like I'm any special than someone else um, from the hood. So that's where pain to progression came into play. And it's just like, well, I, let me give back. Like, I've done so much and I still do. I work in the banking world still. So I still contribute and make the majority money. So let me just help these people. So um, I don't know. I guess I'm on a tangent. I don't know if I answered your question. No, I go oh, this back. is so good. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you understood the question I was trying to, like you literally gave me the answer to the question I was trying to find. So thanks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I was going to say that. I think it goes back to where like the opportunity we see within our, our jobs, right? Where I was saying where I, I see that I'm coming up with million dollar ideas for companies that already have that money. Um, so we should be doing it for ourselves. And then Regis, I think he's saying the same thing where within his job, he's, he's helping happily, helping anyone who comes through, but like helping the rich get richer when they're, how can I give, I see that an opportunity, clearly the disconnect from the people I, I grew up with, 
they're not coming in, you know, asking the right questions or, or, or doing the right, you know, the things they're supposed to be doing. So I feel like that's kind of sort of where Pain to Progression was birthed, you know, is how do we get out there, that message, that information out in a, in a, in a, in a good way, you know, in a way that we know people can listen to on their commute or wherever, you know, listen to podcast. Yeah, something that comes to mind that I just feel called to say, uh, listen, this comes up for me as a woman, just as a white woman. So I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's this idea that like you having money is something like, I, I don't know how to have it. Like, I don't know how to ha- like, this is, this has been a money mindset thing that I, I see with clients of mine who are women. And I've seen it come up with myself over the years where it's like, I don't trust myself to have a lot of money in the bank because then like, what am I going to do with it? And like, can can I trust myself to even manage money? Um, And like, it's uncomfortable because you're not used to having. So like, it's easier to spend because you're like, I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to buy a thing. And I think that there's something there around like just learning to change that trigger habit. Um, And I appreciate that you're talking about like, you know, longevity and mortality and that that there's just an embedded trauma in like the in knowing that and how that sort of changes how you operate in the world like there are plenty of people in in war-torn countries as an example who um i know that the the lifestyle there tends to be more like drink and party and and like behave a different way because literally a bomb could be dropped tomorrow and it's just the way that we function as humans changes depending on the trauma that we're forced to live with every day. So I just really appreciate you talking about it and I appreciate the transparency. And I don't know if what I just said from my perspective um, is resonates too, uh, but that's, you know, what comes to mind is this, this aspect of like, I don't know, I'm just going to spend it. (laughs) Well, well, to, to, to add to that, like, I mean, I completely like, for our, because we don't have a lot of money, um, we feel the same way. Like when I say we, like the majority, like, you know, or the not minorities, like we don't have a lot of money. So income tax is a big thing. Like that's when we get money. That's when we just want to like, oh my God, let me spend this, you know, because I've, I didn't have it for, what is it? Um, 11 months. Now I have it for this month. So let me, let me spend it. Um, you know, so, so that mindset is something that I try to target too. So like, how do you save without, um, so I try, I try to look at different ways to not have people look at their money. So for you, I would recommend an online savings account, um, which is an account in the cloud that you can't see, that it's not connected anywhere to your accounts. And then I would recommend to automate um, your income and just put it there before you even see it. And then once you create your budget, then this is all you're seeing, you know, um, and that, that account, don't even look at it. If you can just hide that username and password, it'll build up and eventually you will just see that you, it added up, you know, but I also think, I think about strategies like that for my group because I try to find ways to automate um, so they don't have to make that decision. I find ways to not have them look at it because the more you see it, the more you have it connected to your regular checking account, the more you just transfer okay cool let me spend that uh because it's so easy you know um i try to have them use cash instead of debit card if possible because debit card is so easy to swipe so i i try to recommend options that don't have them easily making these decisions based on emotion if that makes sense logical hacks yep hacks yeah Oh, that's so good. And I feel like you know me so well, because that's literally <laughs> what I did last year. <laughs> and it works. 
<laughs> you get it. You're great. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> great strategy. Anyone who's listening who has the same problem where you look at an account and you're like, I don't know what to do with all this money. Mm -hmm. it's um, true. Yeah. yeah. So good. Uh, I could talk to you guys forever about money and all the things, um, mm. but unfortunately, we have to wrap up. Um, oh, that was so fast. I know it went so fast. I had when one. What'd you say, Regis? Time flies when you're having fun. I know. We could just I, listen. What's more fun than talking about money and mm. everything we talked about today? Um, so. I have one question that I have to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, which is timed very well as the truck is pulling through right outside my house. But I will ask the question and then mute myself. The question is, if you were given $5 million, like it just dropped in your lap, no strings attached, no creepy investors, no interest, like it's just here, it's yours, and you can do anything you want with it, disperse it any way you want, um, what would you do with the money? And you can each have your own individual answers if you'd like. Uh, I'll start. <clears throat> so I would, I would first take care of, of family. You know, the, the, the aunt I told you I uh, saw kind of, you know, going to work. Make sure she, my mom, my, my dad, like they, we, they don't have to work another day in their lives. I feel like Regis would have the same answer there. But make sure family is taken care of. Um, and I think a big part of it is is making our bringing our ideas to life we have a book of just a ton of ideas uh, we're i'm in you know i'm a creative entrepreneur at heart regis is the same way honestly he just has a, a ton of ideas we bounce ideas off of each other we improve on 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 thinking and honestly we just need money to fund them <laughs> so that five million dollars uh set from from god would be amazing to fund all those ideas uh, and, and yeah, we'll travel the world too for a year. That's one thing I want to do. I just want to travel the world for a year. Once these COVID dies, of course, down, dies down. Once we have a vaccine or whatever, you know, once we can. So that's, I think what I would do. What I would do is I would first, uh, pay off all my debt. So just be debt free. Um, and then I would give to my family, um, you know, would just, just, like my immediate family and and then take my mother out of the the hood um you know <laughs> in your example I actually got rich so i can give back so um that would be a win-win quoting jay-z um and then the rest which would still be a lot of money um would go to um pretty much paying the progression it, it's honestly it's it's i feel that it's our best way to just give information give knowledge i, I mean with pain regression has a couple of things, so I can spend more time on writing a book. Um, we're actually thinking about um, creating a, 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 a kid's game that can help people, kids, um, you know, with their finance better. We're also, there's different things we can do, and I would, I would completely finance that and just um, help as much people as we can get. Yeah, I, th I feel like that would help a lot more than giving, you know, it goes back to the, they say, give a fish or teach them how to fish. I feel mm -hmm. like, Building pain to progression is going to build that generational wealth and it's really going to stretch longer um, and, and, and hit more effectively, I feel like. Yeah. My goal is to be the, the, the Dave Ramsey um, 
um, and Clark Howard. I don't know if you know Clark Howard, but he's another awesome um, finance person. But to be those of the, in the finance world for minorities, like be the, the it person, just help as much as I can. Yeah, you definitely need to write a book. <laughs> I actually you could start by transcribing all of your podcasts in this episode oh hey it's so cute no one who's listening can see it but he just showed me like, right? a book cover it's so cute yeah. the eight's a great um and I, I just thought I, I wrote the first chapter I just gotta keep writing more but um it, it's gonna come out yeah it's gonna be lit when it does yeah. um you guys also have this other awesome um, product that I want to make sure we shout out before we, we say goodbye for today, which is called Sync Armor. Do you guys want to share a little bit more about what this amazing invention is? Yeah. So Sync Armor, the, the thing with, I should say first, the thing with uh, paints progression is we're starting to kind of build that up. Um, but really uh, Sync Armor is, is, like I said, we're entrepreneurs. So we have all these ideas and we're thinking, okay, what can we come up with to help kind of, uh, um, remove us from our current full-time job so we can dedicate more time and uh, pain to progression. So Sync Armor is that, what, and what it is specifically is an invention to help uh, uh, people who groom men who shave over the bathroom sink or females if you put makeup over the bathroom sink. It's biodegradable plastic sink that goes over your bathroom sink and catches all the clippings or the makeup, all the mess, and you can roll it up and toss it out and you should be fine because you're still you know eco-friendly so don't worry about you know any any of those issues and your sink is pristine so now it's it's saving time uh and and we feel like it's a pretty smart invention it's the 2.0 of uh right now what's out there shark tank i'm giving you the long version i'm sorry so mm -hmm. it was, we had a version one and, and this is version two. I'll just leave it at that. And this is more effective. This is the new and improved. So syncarmor.com. And we actually have for your listeners a, co uh, a discount code. It's Jamie20. Oh, my age. <laughs> so if you guys go on syncarmor.com and use the code Jamie20, you get 20% off of it. <gasps> Stop it. You guys can protect your sink. 20% off. <laughs> Everyone's doing their own haircuts in COVID, right? So we all need this. Exactly. So just to, um, and I won't spend too much time on this one, but um, a couple, many, many moons ago, when I first started getting into finance, I read the book called um, Investment for Dummies. And on the first page, and I'm going to do a whole episode on this in my podcast. I'm probably moving to the next episode. But um, I read, it said, um, and I only remember the first page. The first page of the book is said the way to get rich is either to these um, either doing these three things um, through in investment in stock, through um, owning homes and real estate, and through being an entrepreneur. So for Joel and I, um, we're doing all three. <laughs> we, you know, we're we're trying to cover all of. We're trying to buy homes. We're trying to be an entrepreneur. We're trying to um, invest and and um, sink armor. Is that um, entrepreneurship side of us where we just want to um, find a way to find a convenience for people um, specifically me my wife used to get mad at me all the time because I'm always on the move so I used to shave all the time and it's like when are you gonna clean it I'm like one day and I walk, walk away before I <laughs> before she could know what I just said <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And the sink armor is just made to be convenient. It's one of the reasons why people tend to purchase things. And in this case, um, you know, you're, you're shaving, you're, or whether you're putting your makeup or just put it on the sink, do it, and then take it, wrap it up, throw it in the garbage, and you're good. Um, and we're hope, you know, it's, it's doing good so far. We're, 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 we're excited. We're happy. We're going to quit That's our full-time up. job soon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's a super cool product. So I'm here for it. And I love the discount code. Thank you guys so much for that. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast with me today. This was amazing. I feel like we could do epi more episodes down the line on different topics related to mm -hmm. finance if you're open to it. I'm here for we it. Um, but yeah, this has been awesome. If you want more of them, you can go to paintoprogression.com. We will include all the links in the show notes. And thanks again, guys. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you for making us feel so comfortable. <laughs> I forgot it was a podcast. Yeah. So thanks. You have a good one. Are you a talented writer who's aching to hit that six-figure mark with a copywriting business? Because if so, I've got good news for you. Doors are now open for a special case study round of my program, Create Your Six-Figure Copywriting Business. In it, you'll learn and implement the agency style approach that had me hitting five-figure months just three months after going full-time in my business. Let me show you how to make the most money possible as a writer for hire, because you know you're that good, and a few tweaks to your business will allow that value to finally show up in your bank account. If this is you, I am not kidding, go to my Instagram right now at Jamie Lynn Jensen and send me a DM that says six figures and I'll send you all the details. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money and please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day. So please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.